Welcome back to episode 134 of the Draft FC podcast. Hello, my name is Mitch from Draft FC, the podcast and website dedicated to all things official Draft FPL. This is another one in our Road to Draft A series 2023. Last episode, we had a look through the goalkeepers, so this time we can have a look further forward at the defenders. So as with the last one, this won't be a complete rundown of the rankings. If you want the full ranking, which we're tweaking daily, then head to draftfc.co.uk and sign up there. You'll be able to access the draft room, which will have our ranking, as well as the average draft positions of every player in the game, taken from real world drafts, which is updated every single day. So I've got so many more episodes and so much more work to do before the season kicks off. So I'm just going to roll straight into it. Now, hopefully no major surprises as I kick things off with the number one ranked defender, which is Trent Alexander-Arnold. Now, I've got him slotted in at around 10th overall in my current rankings. The uh, official draft FPL rank is 14. And if we look at average draft position based on real world drafts so far, he's coming out at around pick 10 to 11. So all pretty much around that late round one, early round two spot. I'm ever so slightly down on Liverpool defensively this year, but up on what I'm expecting from uh, Alexander-Arnold's offensive output. Last season, he managed to claw back to an okay tally with an impressive run in the final third of the season, but I expect more consistent output this year with a bit of a freer and different role. Just inside my personal top 10, as I said, I see his draft range um, quite tight, really. Could go as high as 7th and as low as 12th. If he slips lower than that, then it's an instant auto-pick at that sort of value. Now, again, no major surprise when I say that Kieran Trippier is my second ranked defender going into this season, but a bit of a step down in the overall rankings compared to Trent. So whereas Trent I've got as a um, just inside a top 10 pick, Trippier I've got down around pick 24-25 as it sits. Official FBL rank is at 39, so they're undervaluing a bit more. And average draft position, so where you guys have currently been taking him, is sitting around 22, so not far off where I've got him just a smidge higher. So yeah, I still expect Trippier to be up there this season, but when you consider I've got him slotted in, um, you know, a decent chunk below Alexander-Arnold, that probably tells you how I feel about the defenders in general heading into this draft. If someone was projecting 200 points again and took him in the sort of mid-teens, 16th, 17th, 18th pick overall, I wouldn't have too much to argue with on that logic. I just feel the floor for Trippier is going from 16 clean sheets last season to maybe less than 10 this season. And at 32 years old, Champions League football to juggle, I think he's less likely to hit the, um, you know, sort of more than 3,000 minutes that he did last season. I think he'll be quality to own when he plays, but could become um, a little bit frustrating once the season gets into the thick of things. There's also the injury risk to contend with, which is, you know, not a unique issue to some of the other um, high defenders. Um, but yeah, as I said, still my number two. So very good, very good pickup if you can get him at the right spot. So sliding down the list to my fifth defender, and we're now getting into the 30s when we're looking at the overall rankings, is John Stones. Now he's a player I'd love to draft this year and someone who I've been keeping an eye on in our live draft room table to see where the rest of the world are, are taking him in real drafts. Current average draft pick is around 37 um, I've got him a smidge higher than that, but a decent range when you look at his draft map. This is um, another function on Draft FC where you can literally see every pick for every player in the game. 
and there are a decent number taking him as a top 30 pick. Minutes are the issue here. His injury record is obviously very well known. One piece I read from February um, estimated that he'd missed around 113 league games through injury over seven years at City. That averages around 16 missed league games per season. The good news for FPL is that he's rarely subbed on if he doesn't start, so you're unlikely to get any one-pointers from being subbed on in the 80th minute. But just seeing some of the positions he was getting into in that half space to uh, to the right, just outside the penalty area, and being very much a part of the build-up play um, with very decent assist potential. He's never exceeded four attacking returns for the season. A few years ago, he got four goals. Last season, he got two goals, two assists. Um, and I would put very decent money on him getting at least five this season. So let's slide down a bit further to my 11th defender. Um, and we're now into around pick 50 on my overall rankings. And that's Pedro Porro, an interesting prospect. Could be a heat map monster if he plays regularly at right back for Spurs. He averaged 4.5 points per game from the 13 starts at the back end of last season, which is very promising. And that was coming from one of the most negative Spurs sides I've ever had the displeasure of watching, um, even after Ryan Mason came in. He's got a great delivery from open play situations. I'm guessing he'll be taking less corners now that Madison is in the team, which will just limit his chance creation slightly. But in this system, Poro has the potential to log possibly the highest attacking output among defenders. The only thing that will hold him back from being one of those real premium scorers is the clean sheet potential. But from those 13 games he started last year, he only got two clean sheets in that time and still came away from an impressive average. The only other thing that would just play into my mind when thinking about drafting him is the situation with Harry Kane. Any player at Spurs whose key attribute is crossing the ball for the last 10 years or so will have been aiming for Harry Kane. Um, take that away. Am I convinced that the likes of Son, Richarlison, uh, Kulisewski, uh, whoever else finds himself at the back post on the left can really keep tucking those away? None of them really convinced me. None of them are either known for heading the ball or are simply out of form in front of goal. But yeah, we'll have to see how that develops. I think if Kane went, then someone more in the Kane mould would have to be brought in uh, as a as an option at number nine, but yeah, if Kane if Kane went, I would probably slide Porro down about ten spots overall, uh, which would put him a bit little bit lower in my defender rankings as well. Now down to my eighteenth uh, defender, and that's Ben White. Now on my overall ranks, we're way down now into the uh, into the mid eighties in my overall rankings. So I've got White way down on his uh, on his average draft position. It's surprising how high he's generally gone so far, as it's you know also it's way off his official FBL rank, which is 80 overall. So it means managers are going out of their way to take him higher than that. At the moment, his average draft pick stands around 45. The arrival of Timber throws a spanner in the works, but it's important to remember White was the second highest scoring defender in the game last year. I think my lower rank is mainly a reflection of how low I have defenders generally. The arrival of Timber and the fact that Arsenal will do well to get quite as many clean sheets as it did last season. One reassuring thing or one promising point to note is that in their recent pre-season friendly, uh, White continued at right back and, and Timber came in at left back. Though I haven't really read a report as to how successful that was, but it would give you some encouragement that even with Timber there doesn't necessarily mean that the two can't play in the same team. And if you think about the sort of role that Stones plays at City, I think something that's going to be emulated a lot more 
um, in football in general, Ben White would strike me as someone with all the attributes to fulfil that role um, and step up if he needs to. Just breaking in my overall top 100 is Igor, new defender for Brighton. And their new signing is quick, has good eye for a pass and has the ability to dribble past opposition when required. All the attributes you'd want for a new centre-back. I would assume he's been selected specifically for those reasons and he'll be introduced to the team fairly soon. Very nice opening fixtures for Brighton means they'll all have to go on draft day. As said, I think I mentioned it in the goalkeeper pod, the way they've been knocking the ball around at the back. Um, they're going to want people there who can play the ball well. And I think if you compare him to the likes of Webster, even Veltman, who's come and stepped inside sometimes, um, I imagine he could end up being the preferred partner to uh, to dunk. Just uh, rounding off my top 100 picks um, are Thiago Silva and Colwell. Below that, you know, really outside the top 25 or so defenders, we are in Wavertown. None of these are going to be season keepers uh, and you shouldn't get attached as if they are. From here on, you want to be planning for fixtures, drafting for um, drafting for upside or looking to cover off uh, positions that you've already drafted higher up. Um, a couple of ones just to highlight. New uh, new Bournemouth left-back uh, Milos Kourkes is someone that I've got my eye on. Um, I think that could be a decent uh, high-yield position. So yeah, I'm going to keep an eye on how he does in pre-season. I think he's almost certain to start given the amount of money they paid. Uh, the other one I've got my eye on in the back end of the draft is Amadozic for Sheffield United. Now, Sheffield United are not a team I'm particularly um, enthralled by. And this is probably more of one to consider in larger leagues once we get down to these uh, these low draft picks. I highlighted him in my Sheffield United preview pod. You can head back a few episodes and listen to that if you missed it. One of the current breed of Sheffield overlapping centre-backs has a good eye for a finish. Palace at home and Forest away in the first two, which is fine for picking him up as, I say, a 14th, 15th round pick. But yeah, I think for leagues 12 and below, he's definitely a wait and see. He'll still definitely be there waiting in the waivers should you change your mind. Now, to round off this episode, um, in the same vein as it was for the goalkeeping episode, so I say if you missed that one, go back and listen to it. Um, one of the key things I think to look out for is pairings. Now, it's a lot more pronounced for the keepers because you're only going to have two pretty much all season, barring injuries or anything else. But particularly with those late round defenders, having a look at some good, um, good rotations is going to be useful. Now, obviously, including the likes of United, City, Chelsea... Arsenal isn't going to be realistic because being able to bank on including those in your pairing isn't say it's just not going to be realistic so what I've done is just concentrated on some of those mid-table teams so these are players these are defenders in particular who are always going to be in and out of the waivers and so shouldn't be too sought after on on draft day and I've highlighted two four I've highlighted six um, decent combos here the last one is quite interesting because the rotation is basically home games uh, all the way three of these rotations include Forest and three of these rotations include Fulham so they are your your ways in to these but probably not the defenders you're going to be picking too high because I'm almost certain um, there will be a Forest defender or a Fulham defender sitting there waiting should you really, really want one. Anyway, the Fulham pairings, so you've got Fulham and Palace, Fulham and Everton, Fulham and Wolves. So as you can hear from the sort of calibre of the teams there, all very much waiver level defenders. So Fulham and Palace, if we look at their first six games, depending on the way you rotate them, you would have Sheffield United away, Brentford at home, Brentford away, Wolves at home, Luton at home, 
uh, and then Fulham at home, which would obviously be Palace. So decent run there. Fulham and Everton gives you Fulham at home for Everton, Brentford at home, Wolves at home, Sheffield United away, Luton at home, Palace away. And then Fulham and Wolves gives you Everton away, Brentford at home, Everton away again, Palace away, Luton at home and Luton away. So that's quite nice. You get a double header of Luton there, which could yield good results. So that's the Fulham ones. I think on the whole, I prefer the Forest matchups. I'll talk through them now. So Forest and Palace gives you Sheffield United away, Sheffield United at home, Brentford away, Wolves at home, Burnley at home, Fulham at home. Um, so I've got that at the top of the list. I think that's probably your best one out of all of them. And in order to get these rankings, I've essentially um, updated or, or cut off the the rest of the fixtures that I used or that I steered you towards in my goalkeeping pod. If you um, if you recall in that one, I sent you towards a tweet that FPL Draft Strategy made where they put numbers to all of the fixtures so that you could actually see the optimum pairings. And I basically just cut off the front six fixtures to give me a nice objective um, numerical way of totting these up. So Forest and Palace, I think, came out the best. And then Forest and Everton gives you Fulham at home, Sheffield United at home, Wolves at home, Sheffield United away, Burnley at home, Brentford away. So again, that's pretty good. Fish and a rice cake. At 10 o'clock, I'll have fish. At 12 o'clock, I'll have fish and a rice cake. At 2 o'clock, I'll have fish. And then the interesting one is Forest and Brentford um, because that gives you the opportunity to get six home games in a row. So um, tricky start. You take Brentford's home game against Spurs. So Tottenham at home, Sheffield United at home, Palace at home, Bournemouth at home, Burnley at home and Everton at home. Now, depending on the keepers that you get, um, probably early on in the season, you're not going to really want to go all in on any one of these teams. So if you did pick up the likes of Leno, uh, Flecken, Jose Sarr in goal, Pickford in goal, then you might want to go towards one of the pairings that gives you, um, you know, a bit more variability and steers away from those teams um, because ending up with sort of two Fulham defenders and or two Palace defenders early on might not be um, exactly where you want to go. Now, for all of those teams, I've just quickly just listed three who are going to be your more likely starters. So for Forest, uh, the ones I'd be looking at are Aurier, Worrell and Philippe. For Palace, Mitchell, Anderson and Gahey. For Fulham, uh, Robinson, Diop and Tete. For Everton, Tarkovsky, Mikolenko and Keane. For Wolves, Dawson, Kilman and Bueno. And for Brentford, uh, I'd go me, Henry and Hickey. Obviously, there are other options there, but I just thought if you were stuck for looking for one at the end, I would go for one of those as a pretty nailed-on starter. So that's it for this episode. As I said at the beginning, if you want to see the full list of rankings, including all the defenders as well as where they sit in the ranking as a whole, then sign up at draftfc.co.uk. If you don't want to commit to the year, if you don't want to commit to anything beyond this month, you can just buy a pre-season pack, which gives you access to that draft room. And we are keeping an eye on proceedings every day. So as new transfers come in, as players leave, as injuries happen, we know just any new information that becomes available, we are continually adjusting the ranks. So, so yeah, hopefully something helpful you can have open or refer to when you're doing your own um, draft day prep. If you want to have a little peek at what that looks like, probably, again, something I should have said at the beginning, um, we have made our first YouTube video where I have a little um, tour around what the draft room does and how it looks. So I'll put the link below in the uh, podcast description. 
we're also looking to embed that on the site. But if you click on that, um, it's about 10, 15 minutes of me talking through um, how the back end of the site looks and how the draft room works. If you like what we're about, if you like what we do here at DraftFC, head over to uh, Twitter slash X uh, and give us a follow at draft underscore FC. This is probably the easiest way to uh, to get a hold of us if you need to. And many of you are reaching out and messaging us about all sorts of stuff over the last week and into this coming week. So we can really tell that uh, all the draft days are looming and that things are really hotting up. But yeah, without further ado, I will leave things there. I've got uh, a midfielder and a forwards episode still to record. So until next time, stay shook. Sure.